Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tip T.I. Harris. Come check me out, man. Join me on my new podcast called Expeditionally. Exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, every week I'm going to be talking to people who move the culture forward, who are shaping and changing the world in their own way. You're going to hear some shit that will change your life and move the needle in your world. Expeditiously is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, what I need you to do is download and subscribe to Expeditiously with a new episode dropping every Thursday. Do it expeditiously! Why wait to live your best life? Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care at InnovativeGYN.com are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow and endometriosis will spread. If you ignore a GYN condition, you can also risk anemia from increased blood loss. Why are you waiting? The CIGC difference is our training and our techniques. State-of-the-art, minimally invasive procedures are performed as same-day outpatient surgeries. Recovery from the exclusive CIGC procedures is just days. Innovative techniques, superior results. That's the CIGC difference. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. You know, it doesn't buy happiness. <laughs> this is Dan Patrick. Final hour on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Feels like it's every night, every other night, that you're getting some stats on Luka Doncic that have never been posted before. Or he's in the rarefied air of LeBron James or Magic Johnson or Oscar Robertson. Luka posted a triple-double in Dallas's win over Sacramento last night. 25, 15, and 17 assists. He's the second Mavs player to do that in a game, 20, 15, and 15. Jason Kidd also did that in 1996. But Doncic is averaging almost 29, almost nine rebounds, and right at nine assists this season, something only two players in the history of the sport have ever done. Uh, Russell Westbrook uh, went 31, 10, and 10, and Oscar, of course, went 39 uh, and 11. Uh, Oscar uh, had the triple-double. Uh, actually, he had a triple-double, I think, twice in his career, or at least close to it. And uh, Luka Doncic, at least on the fringes of averaging a uh, triple-double. Poll question there, McLevin. By the way, you probably wouldn't have... If I said two years ago, you know, you're going you're gonna to read this following headlines. Markel Foltz uh, leads his team to a win over LeBron James and the Lakers because that happened last night. In Los Angeles, Markel Foltz and the Magic go in there and get the win. And Foltz, he looked good. Now, he doesn't look, he doesn't look fully comfortable uh, every place on the floor, but hopefully that comes with time. He's only 21. And we're so, so quick to move on from players nowadays. Now, I don't know if Ben Simmons will ever get a jump shot. I don't know. 
you know, keep this in mind. Markel Fultz didn't pick himself to be the number one pick by, you know, 76ers. The 76ers did. He went to a Washington program that I think won nine games that year. And while I thought he was talented, I didn't know he would be a franchise-making player. He just had a lot of talent when I saw him play. And you had to go out of your way to find him because they're only winning nine games. And then he comes in, has the shoulder issue. Did he change his shot? He lost his confidence. And then he needed to get out of Philadelphia. And he's he's doing well in Orlando. But to watch that last night, you, you watch and you go, he still has a lot of talent. I just... He, it feels like he's got that 15 to 18 foot range right now, which I'm fine with because he's only 21. Yeah, Paul. I have that 2017 NBA draft in front of me. Fultz went number one, and I think most people wrote him off a year and a half ago as, well, that's it. He's not going to work out either mentally or because of his shoulder or whatever. Lonzo Ball was number two. He's no longer with his team, but he's starting to play pretty well, and he looks a lot stronger. His shot is better. Yeah, his shot is a lot better. But I remember leading up to that draft, and I, I told McLovin, I said, you know, when they made that trade, and I said the, the number one pick in the draft is Jason Tatum. So the Celtics are going to get the number one player in this draft, whether he turns out to be that number one player. But they traded down and, and still got him at four. And I remember McLovin's like, you know, we made a big mistake. Uh, we shouldn't even pick up the phone when Danny Ainge calls. Brian Colangelo had no <laughs> idea what he was doing. Because I came in, I go, Tatum is who the scouts are talking about is the best player in this draft. And then you could just see McLovin was crestfallen because he was thinking, we got Markel Fultz, he's going to be great. Yes, boy. Jason Tatum is still only 21 years old, mm-hmm. averaging 21.7 rebounds. The other guys in that draft, it's, it's a real mishmash. De'Aaron Fox to Sacramento. Jonathan Isaac to Orlando, who's actually starting to play well as a big man. Uh, Lowry Markinen, eh, Frank Nicolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Kyle Kuzma in that draft. He's at the end of the first round. Yeah, Kuzma. Uh, Was he like twenty seventh or something? Yeah, twenty seventh to uh, Brooklyn, and they traded him. Yeah, but there's a lot, a lot of other players that you know. Jared Allen from Brooklyn. He was not a big name in that draft. He's playing pretty well. I Donovan like Mitchell was thirteen to Denver and was traded. And I do need to mention this because some people have reminded me when we went into the draft with Luka Doncic and Trey Young, and I said, and we were talking about who's the player that you would take. And I thought if Phoenix is passing on Luka Doncic and his former coach was the coach in Phoenix, then I, I thought, well, he must know something. Because if, if I coach Luka in Europe and I thought that he was everything that he you would want in a player playing against grown men then, I would have said... We either draft Luka or you fire me. Now, as it turned out, he got fired, but you didn't take Luka Doncic. And I thought, okay, what am I missing? Because you watch the highlight, and granted, they're called highlights, but it felt like he always was just a half a step ahead of everybody he played against. He didn't, he didn't overwhelm you with athleticism. He just was always, it felt like he just got the shot off or he just got the pass off. And you see him now, and you know it's no accident. He's the best player and, you know, appears to be one of those franchise players, you know, generational players. At the time, I said I would take Jaron Jackson Jr. the third out of Michigan State. Maybe that wasn't a wise choice by me because I didn't even take Trey Young, but Jaron Jackson Jr. and my Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson is going to be a great player. He is. He will be a great player. 
and he will be a unicorn-like player. And he's only 20, I think. I think he came in at 18. Yeah, Paul. You're right, Dan. He was the youngest player in the league when he stepped on the court two years ago. But he's he's 20 years old. Not 20 and three quarters. He's 20. And uh, he's averaging 18 and five. Okay. And he's, getting, he's up to 28 minutes a game. He's he started every game. The problem is he gets in foul trouble. He got in foul trouble against Houston. But he can shoot the three. He can dribble. He's, he's a good player. And it's a great compliment to Ja Morant to have those two. You know, they, you know another guy I love? Dylan Brooks. I, I, he played at Oregon, I believe, and he's just one of those guys that I always liked him. He, 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 he just wasn't afraid. He, he scored. He was a scorer, like Buddy Heald. But I'm, I'm watching the Grizzlies the other night, and all of a sudden I'm going, you know, it's a fun team. It's a young team. I don't know if they ever mature enough to challenge for a title, but John Morant's real. And Jaron Jackson is becoming a, a star as well. Got to go out of your way to watch him and – Good God, that's what I do every night. I'm like, let me watch the team that nobody's watching. And, uh, you know, I get around to finding those games. Yes, Paul. Since we're doing admissions, my guy in that draft was Marvin Bagley. I said I would take him over everybody, and it wasn't close. Yeah. And Marvin, you know, he's he's hurt. And when he's healthy, he's playing okay. He averages, he's averaging 14 points and seven rebounds for his career, and he's he's rarely on the court. Out of, out of Duke, he was a great player as a freshman. I, it just didn't work out. No. Yes, McLovin. I was just thinking, what's the game that people are watching? Uh, if you're going out of your way to watch this, I don't think there's a lot of games well, that's rallying around these days. The Nets and Sixers you may have watched, or Orlando and the Lakers. You may have. Paulie, give me, because I watched, by the way, here's, here's one, and I mentioned this at the beginning of the basketball season. I thought Seton Hall and Ohio State were good enough to play in the Final Four. Now, Ohio State's fallen off. The, the, the wheels have fallen off there. Seton Hall beat Butler last night. I think they were down 10 in the second half. The guy to keep an eye on here is Miles Powell. Miles Powell is playing big time, big boy basketball. He has had five consecutive games with at least 25 points against a top 25 team. There have been five players in the last 15 years to do what he's done. Trey Young, J.J. Redick, Steph Curry, Jimmer Fredette, and now Miles Powell. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. And I don't know what the NBA scouts say about him, but he had 29 and they they beat Butler. I'm just having a hard time trying to figure out if anybody's any good in college basketball. I mean, Butler is fifth, and I, I mean, they lost last. I don't know who's good. I know that who's disappointing, but I, I, it feels like there's a team that's going to emerge come March Madness that will surprise us and maybe win the national title. Yeah, McLevin. I mean, Virginia won last year, and I don't think most of us thought that they, would, they were a sort of a cursed team that would never win. But they had guys who were upperclassmen, and, and, and in Tony Bennett's system, the way they played defense, they were going to be in every game. Right, but they had gone out in the first round the, the year before, hadn't they, I, with the same I, I ranking? Know. I absolutely. And that's the biggest upset, you know, in NCAA history. I mean, look at last year's Final Four. Where were the Blue Bloods? Virginia, Auburn, Texas Tech, Michigan State, Michigan State. But Auburn, Texas Tech, and Virginia, that's odd. I was watching Villanova last night play, and they're just one of those teams that, you know, I don't know if they have great inside presence, but, you know, they're playing against DePaul. Oh, my Blue Demons are looking better. 
Yeah. I'll take what I can get. Yeah. You take no to overtime for oh, I know. A, the Paul fan that's like going to the final four. <laughs> Come on. By the way, uh, you want the rundown tonight of games and you have to pick one game to watch, Dan Patrick? Well, I don't stay on one. I know, but you had but, to. But I, oh, I you, have to. You usually pick the worst game. I do. Like that. Hmm. Suns Knicks. Because I was watching Georgetown play last night. There you go. Like I'm just bouncing around. Okay. So the Knicks and. Suns Knicks, that's built for you. Two horrendous teams. Okay. With two guys who shoot a lot. All right. Celtics Bucks, eight o'clock. I think that's on national TV. Yeah. That's too obvious. Yeah, way too obvious. Jazz Pelicans without okay. Zion. Here's another thing. At the beginning of the year, I said that I thought the Jazz were improved and could win the Western Conference. 28 and 12. I know, but then they, they were terrible to start. They've won 10 in a row. I don't know if they're going to be there at the end. It, it was like the year before, I liked Denver to win the Western Conference. But, uh, and, you know, there was an interesting quote. The uh, Rockets lost to the Blazers. And I'm not sure who said this. But didn't didn't somebody bring up somebody with the Blazers brought up? Why don't we do a one on one tournament? Damian was that Lillard. Damian Lillard? And it felt like he was saying, "How about a one on one contest?" And he had his eyes on James Harden. I don't know when would they do this at the All Star Game? Would they do a competition where you had one on one games? Make it, take it. Yes, yeah, he. Yeah, I think he was talking about adding it to All Star okay. weekend. Um and. I don't know that he named anybody specifically. He didn't. But it sure felt like, <laughs> if you really want to do that, and C.J. McCollum was talking about it too, but okay. it, it feels like they have somebody in mind that, like, that's the guy I want to play. That's well, the he, guy I want to go against. Yeah, he, he's at a war with Russell Westbrook too. Russell Westbrook, did you see the highlight of him? Uh, he got fouled, and he, uh, he went off like very loudly on the foul line about how Damian Lillard couldn't cover him. Well, Russ did have a pretty good game last night. Yeah, He's like, he's like loud enough for the parents. He's like, you can't guard me. A foul is the same as a bucket. You can't stop me. <laughs> Why is Damian Lillard, by the way? He's such a nice guy. It seems like he gets involved in a lot of beef. I think because he gets left out of the conversation. If Damian Lillard played in New York, L.A., then people would be talking about him in reverential tones. Like, oh, my God. They didn't talk about him in college. He had to go to a school that people don't talk about. Yeah, he's a great player. It's just he doesn't get coverage. If if he was in Brooklyn instead of Kyrie Irving, you know, just being able to have members of the media who are going to do features on you and the mothership's going to feature you, you're in an Eastern time zone, so you get to play, all your games are going to be on TV and people can see, you know, I don't know. I think there's a whole, there's a lot of ingredients that go into this, but I, I do think he's had this chip on his shoulder his entire career. And it has made him the player that he is. I also got this uh, email. This is uh, from a uh, reporter who used to work with Fritzy at uh, KMPC, Ted Sobel. And he wanted to know what my thoughts were on the Hall of Fame when it comes to the officials. And he wanted to know about uh, Jim Tunney, uh, who I believe is now 90 years of age. If you want to put in Jim Tunney in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, great. It's contributions to the game. If you were great at your job contributing to the consistency of officiating in the NFL, by the way, Jim Tunney is a sweetheart of a man. Not that that's going to matter going into the Hall of Fame, but having talked to him, I mean, maybe it does help in some cases, but having had the opportunity to uh, talk to him in person, uh, I really enjoyed him. And And he promoted the game. It was all about the game. 
And if you want to put in Jim Tunney, an official in the Hall of Fame, and I don't think there is an official. If Jim Tunney's not in, then I don't think there is one. Is there McLevin? Art McNally is a famous one, too. I don't know. Is it like every, it's called the Art McNally Replay Center. And uh, Okay. You ever heard that name? Uh, but I don't think he is. Yeah. I don't know if he's ever been considered. You know, maybe, and, and I hate doing this to Peter King because he gets really sensitive when you're saying, have you guys considered Jim Tunney? And you know, it feels like Peter is, he's the mouthpiece for the Hall of Fame when there's a complaint, then we go to Peter King. Yeah, Paul. If Ed Hockley gets in, there's not a bust of his head, there's a bust of his just arms. Just arms? Just two <laughs> big bronze arms. I would just have like one arm and it would just be, <laughs> that would be. <laughs> and Ed would be fine with that. Here's a note. Basketball and hockey have 16 officials enshrined in their Hall of Fames. Why is that? And Cooperstown has 10 baseball umpires. Yeah. Football's the only one that hasn't done, has none. How about we lead the charge to get Jim Tunney into the Hall of Fame, okay? Yay. Okay, who's with me? Who am I, Belushi and Animal House? <laughs> who's yeah, with me? Officials are so popular right now. That's a good cause. Yeah, but if you remember when you didn't have a problem with an official, like, can you do... Th- <laughs> Can you do that? I don't recall. <laughs> it's been that long? I'm all right. Just coughing here. Do you think there's somebody still holding on to that blown Jim Tunney call that they're like, nope, not doing it? Oh, boy. Called that a fumble. Well, no, whatever. If, if something doesn't come up when we say Jim Tunney, then maybe he's in the, in the clear. Is there a controversial call with Jim Tunney? Want me to do a deep dive? Background checks, high school, college. The I-Team? Financials. We'll go through everything. <laughs> 1979 AFC Championship oh. game, Houston at Pittsburgh. Oh, no. The Mike Renfro touchdown? Mike Renfro touchdown. And gone. Oh. That's the most controversial call in 40 years of NFL history. Uh, that's him. <laughs> How about the Raymond Barry catch-no-catch? No remember that replay? No. <laughs> I don't remember that. Did we I, just help or hit, hurt Jim Tunney? We, the last we, we were helping him until we hurt him. I said that as a joke, by the way. That... There's probably one call that people are holding on to. It just turns out it's like one of the worst ones ever. Well done. <laughs> only only Houston fans are, and the Oilers are no longer there. So maybe maybe you're okay with that. Yeah, McLean. I can't remember. Was it actually the wrong call? It's, people still debate whether he was in or I not, I think right? it was. Did Franco catch the immaculate reception? Yes. You sure? Yeah. You're positive. You yeah. bet your life on it. Yeah. That that ball didn't that, whisk by the, the grass. That's not the controversy. The controversy oh. is, did it hit uh, Frenchy Fuqua? Yeah, which it did, right? I think that's the... Now, you couldn't overturn that. In today's technology, well, with, with 4K, I wonder what that would look like. Because I still say the most amazing part of that is the camera who caught that video of Franco reaching down for that football in an isolated shot. I mean, Franco did a wonderful job in following the play. But that cameraman who... Had the wherewithal to focus. I don't know how many cameras they had that day, back then. But how that was that was always so impressive. But you wouldn't overturn that now. There wouldn't be enough evidence to overturn it because they obviously they single a uh, signal touchdown. But you wouldn't overturn it. All right, we'll take a break. Well, I'm I'm actually looking at the replay of Franco, and on the live feed, what people saw, he's out of the screen to the right when he catches the ball, just out of the screen. So to the naked eye. Nobody can see Franco at home catching it on the fly. So the first shot is that. But then they have a shot of him, I guess, kind of the ball's fluttering in the air. Yeah. And it's still really tough to see where Franco's hands are. They miss most of it. 
But I wonder in 4K if you would be able to tell if that ball touches the ground. But but even then, would you be able to tell that it ricocheted off a uh, you know, fellow offensive player? Not sure. Actually, I'm looking at both of them, uh, on, and neither shot shows Franco clearly in any way. Like The, the other shot is from behind, from yeah. Terry Bradshaw's view, and it, Franco's feet block where the ball is being scooped up. That's what people saw at home that day. But I go back to what Tony Dungy told me, and Tony was with the Steelers, and he said Franco ran out every single play to the end zone in practice. Joe Paterno taught him that you continue to run and run to the ball. And Franco, in practice, and I think it used to drive Chuck Knoll and Terry Bradshaw crazy because Franco would run all the way to the end zone, and then they'd have to wait for him to come back and then run another play in practice. But Franco, because of that, and he did that on every play, and he was taught to do that. That's why he was in position to make that play. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll get some more phone calls coming up. And uh, Fritzy, why don't you reach out to Carson Palmer, see if what advice would Carson Palmer give Joe Burrow on playing for the Bengals? See if uh, Carson's not skiing or whatever he's doing. And where is he, Sun Valley? He kind of up and left Los Angeles or Arizona, wherever he was, and he's now in Idaho, I believe. Take a break. Back after this. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's GEICO. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. No recordings. The company, GEICO. Go to GEICO.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of GEICO for a long time. And in five Four, three, two, one. I'm out. Why wait to live your best life? Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care at InnovativeGYN.com are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow and endometriosis will spread. If you ignore a GYN condition, you can also risk anemia from increased blood loss. Why are you waiting? The CIGC difference is our training and our techniques. State-of-the-art, minimally invasive procedures are performed as same-day outpatient surgeries. Recovery from the exclusive CIGC procedures is just days. Innovative techniques, superior results. That's the CIGC difference. Book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Uh, ESPN has confirmed a story. Let me get who actually broke the story. Uh, Multiple reports say that the Astros are going to interview Buck Showalter for their managerial vacancy. I don't have all the details on this, but Two Days was just telling me that uh, Jessica Mendoza does Sunday Night Baseball for the Mothership is say, is blaming Mike Fires for all of this that happened with the Astros. 
that he uh, he broke sort of that code or unwritten rule. No, the the Astros broke rules. This isn't an you know like a. Now we're shifting the blame to Mike Fires because he. I, I'm going to credit him for saying this that the Astros were systematically cheating and doing so in big games that affected the outcome of playoffs in a world series. And I got to make sure I got all that information there. But uh, two days was saying that Jessica Mendoza of ESPN was blaming Mike fires. Yes. Pauline. Jessica Mendoza of ESPN. She's also a consultant with the Mets. So she's in a weird position right now because the Mets are in the crosshairs when they still had their manager in place. Yeah. Carlos Beltran. Yeah. Is, is that why she's saying this, shift the blame and don't put it on the manager or anybody else? She may not be doing it for that reason, but it puts her in question because of her relationship with the Mets. Yeah, because the Mets are assessing if they're going to keep Carlos Beltran as their manager. You, uh, you had A.J. Hinch and you have uh, the uh, GM, Lunau, Jeff Lunau. They were fired. They're the ones mentioned in the commissioner's report but Beltron was the most prominent person mentioned in that report, and he was a player with Houston, and now here he is as a manager. Uh, Two-a-days just uh, sent the quote from Jessica Mendoza. To go public with it and call them out and start all of this, it's hard to swallow. All right. I mean, did he break an unwritten rule? Yeah, I guess, or the code of saying something. He's no longer with the Astros. Would, would you keep it quiet? Did he benefit from this? Is he going to benefit from this? Not now, but I, I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to pass the blame on to Mike Fires because he reported that the Astros were cheating and how they were cheating. Yeah, Paul. Can the Mets even fire Carlos Beltran easily? He, if he did this, let's say he did this as a player with the Astros, how can they fire him as a Met manager? or something he hasn't been accused of doing with the Mets. There's no possible way he did it with the Mets. If I'm his agent, I'm like, you're going to fire him for something he did okay. as a player? If, if uh, Alex Cora didn't do this with the Red Sox with the Apple Watches, and he did this as a bench coach with the Astros, would the Red Sox have still fired Alex Cora? Yes, McLevin. He would have gotten suspended. What do we know... Do we know? Has it been proved that Alex Cora did it with the Red Sox? Because I, I thought that's still TBD. Well, the investigation yeah. is ongoing, and he's been accused of right. that. They fired him for what happened with the Astros. They already did that. Yeah. So the Mets could easily fire Beltran with the same thinking, right? How, how so, though? Like, it'd be like if you get a new job and you, you're found to be a plagiarist at your old job, but you started a new newspaper. I don't know. So I guess they could say you didn't give them all the... Yeah, but Cora got fired. Right. But even is that right? Well, they, he was the ringleader of this. Core got accepted his firing so he could get another job someday. He didn't fight it. But if I'm Beltran, I'm like, I, I didn't do this under your watch. I'm not even being accused of doing it as a Met employee. No, but you're being accused of it while you're an Astro employee. But you, you hired me knowing my... But baseball if, can suspend him. Yes. That's interesting because he's not a player, and they're not punishing the players. They're going to punish the managers or those, you know, in, in uh, power positions. Yes. He, right. I think I agree with Paul on this, that Alex Cora was fired because he was caught cheating with the Red Sox. Right? No, he, he wasn't with the Red Sox when they were using the Apple watches. I believe he was, but that investigation still going on. He, he was fired because they found him that he was the ringleader in Houston and they were going to suspend him. And I think that's where the Red Sox said, 
And he was probably going to get suspended for even longer than a year. And I think that's where the Red Sox said, well, let's part way. Remember, it's a mutual parting here. Mm. But I don't think he got fired for the Red Sox. He came to he came to Boston after 2017. He wasn't there for the iWatch, the i the yeah. Apple Watch. Yeah, he he was there. He was in Houston during the oh, okay. series year. Yeah. Oh, I thought and he they got was... hired at 18 by the Red Sox. Oh, okay. So that was uh, Farrell who was there. I guess so. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm well, not sure. I don't. I have the feeling the Mets are not going to fire him. I think they think they can weather this, mm. and that he's not. The Mets aren't being accused of anything. They're being accused of a guy. You know, the, the fans may look at this differently. They may look at Beltran. Hey, man, this guy will do anything. It, takes to win and we need to win i don't think astros fans are that embarrassed they got a couple world series appearances mm. i mean you don't want to a proven cheater but mm. he's already your manager now and if i'm his agent i'm like how are you gonna fire my guy for doing nothing but but if you're an astros i don't know i think astro fans i don't know if you're as you know shouting from the mountaintops how great you are now i just i just i don't think i don't know yeah mclevin I think Beltran's name is especially called out in this report. Yeah, it is. Too. Yeah, he's he's one of those that individually called out. Yeah, I guess a concern, as I'm reading it from the Mets, is public reaction. If if they think the fans don't care, I think they won't fire him, but they seem to be sensitive to that. I don't think the fans care. If, if you can help us win, great. I don't think they're going, you know, on second thought, this guy was cheating in Houston. Yes, he this headline that I'm reading says Red Sox used video replay room to steal signal signs during 2018 championship season. That, and that's not Alex Cora? Right, but that's a, that's a Ken Rosenthal story. That that's not being litigated yet. That's still They're still looking at that, right? Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay, I'm confused. The Red Sox, have they been accused of two different means of yes. stealing? Yes. Okay, okay. Right. So but- Cora was involved. He was managing when they were involved in the second one. But he hasn't been disciplined for that or hadn't been disciplined for that because that investigation continues, right? I believe so. I don't think they're done with that investigation, but I'm not 100% sure. He was definitely in Houston for the uh, bang, bang. I'm, I'm having a hard time, you know, keeping my cheating scandals in order here. You need a scorecard. You, pretty much, yes. He, but I do know this. If he didn't cheat with the Mets, he shouldn't be fired. <laughs> Beltron. Beltron, right. I mean, if he didn't... you. He but he might do be anything suspended. wrong with them. But he, he might be suspended by baseball. That's fine. Therefore, the Mets might fire him. That's that he was planning on cheating with the Mets. <laughs> right. And that's one of the reasons they brought him in, because he helped the Yankees an advisor last now he, year. Now he's a lot less uh, you know, worthy of a coach. You're like, oh, if you're not going to oh, cheat, yeah, then you're, you're a lot cheating. less desirable yeah. now. Yeah. Yes, McLovin. Maybe the owner thinks, well, there's already a little bit of a taint here. Like, we're starting over anyway. Why start over with this guy? But just... I don't feel like they don't think that Beltran's going to win a World Series with them this year anyway. Maybe they do, but I don't know. Maybe they're like all things being equal. Let's just start with some other guy. And CC Sabathia is still out there, you know, saying that the Yankees got cheated. Can somebody please advise CC? It sounds hypocritical when the Yankees had cheaters on that roster that won a World Series, and he wasn't willing to trade that back in. Yeah, Paul. And does CC realize what he's saying? Because do you know who was a special advisor? to general manager Brian Cashman of the Yankees last year. Carlos Beltran, in December 2018, <laughs> 2018, the Yankees brought in Carlos Beltran as a special advisor to general manager Brian Cashman. So during the 2018 season, 19 season, he was there. By the way, check out the DP Show store. It's uh, danpatrick.com or the Dan Patrick app. Great t-shirts. You can get the Aaron Rodgers uh, yellow weasel t-shirt on there. And the Patrick Mahomes t-shirt is on there. The... Uh, Price-reduced DK Metcalf shirt, even though it's beautiful. It was just they, they didn't win. 
I spent all that time. Do we have one large enough to fit DK Metcalf? Well, he would say he's like a medium anyway, isn't he? He likes to wear them tight. <laughs> well, so. it's a, he's going to look like Ezekiel Elliott with a belly shirt if that's the case. <laughs> I don't think he can get that T-shirt. We'd have to do a double X, I'm guessing, for him. Yeah, I like that. He's like, no, I'm a large. We really? should we should send one to Russ, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson Jr. The Go third. Hawks? Yeah, let him wear it and then let DK Metcalf see it. I'm wear it around. That's fun. Yeah. Is Russ going to be at the Super Bowl, Fritzy? Uh, we hope so. I'm waiting to hear back. But oh, okay. I'm sure he'd love to stop by if he's going to be there. All right. Should be fun. You ready for uh, snarky sports Jeopardy, Paulie? Do you want a little bit? We've had a lot of Jeopardy this week. Okay. I didn't know. Ooh. So snarky sports Jeopardy. Do you, do you want to be the sole contestant or would you like everyone to play? Everybody can play. Okay. Just yell it out when you have an answer and make sure it's in the form of a question. Pete Rose. In a form of a question, oh. Dan, you should know as a former Jeopardy host. Who is Pete Rose? This camera-loving wide receiver found a way to hijack LSU's national <laughs> title celebration and put them in hot water with the NCAA in less than 45 seconds. Who is Odell Beckham Jr.? Who is Odell Beckham Jr.? This clueless sham of organization will spend seven months and thousands of dollars investigating a 19-year-old being handed a $50 bill. Again, this clueless sham of organization will spend seven months and Who thousands. Who was the NCAA? Who was the NCAA, Dan? And I think they were hundred dollar bills, by the way. My bad. Okay, but they are a sham of organization. I got that right. This hapless franchise. What is a hundred dollar bill? My bad. This hapless franchise that shares its state with an equally clueless franchise is months away from ruining the hopes and dreams of LSU quarterback Joe Burrow. <laughs> Who are my Cincinnati Bengals? Who are the Bengals? <laughs> The answer there is the Bengals. Oh, nice. Yeah. Got a daily double. Good for you, Dan. I like it. I like it. You're cruising. We're in the home stretch. This, smash, <laughs> this smack-talking Irishman MMA fighter will probably continue to talk smack. Who is Conor McGregor? Let me finish, Dan. You answered too oh, early. Right. You're I... boxed out. Oh, okay. <laughs> this smack-talking Irish MMA fighter will probably continue to talk smack moments after getting knocked the hell out this weekend. <laughs> Who's Conor McGregor? Wow. Who's Conor McGregor? It's Fritzy. I don't know. He seems he seemed a lot more reserved, a lot more docile, facing Cowboy Cerrone or something like that. Cowboy, this this group of pumped up, tightly striped shirted men will undoubtedly find a way to have millions of angry football fans with them on Sunday. Who are the officials? Who are the officials? Mm. This baseball team that appeared in two of the past three World Series <laughs> will revert back to an accustomed place of obscurity now that their hitters don't know every pitch coming their way. Who are the Houston Astros? You are the Houston Astros. Oh, Fritzy. Don, you got it. Unlike well Sports done. Jeopardy, Fritzy nailed it. <laughs> That's it, Dan. That's snarky Sports Jeopardy. Okay. Speaking of the Mets. Today, obviously, today we're, we're honoring and, and supporting uh, Qualcomm. <laughs> <laughs> oh... I've had a couple of those moments, you know, Kyler Murray. Uh, that Matt, okay, Matt Harvey was a big deal at the time when he did that. But was what was more Kyler Murray was more uncomfortable though for me than you know Harvey was. Matt Harvey though, after he jacked up that interview and it went south, he returned to the show. The day later or two days later? I think it was right after. Cause, I think it was one day later because his PR people wanted yes. to fix it. Well, I'm sure that they uh, got to him. I don't know if he had ever done that before where you get a product to promote, but it's called quid pro quo. Dan, it, you're actually right. We talked to the PR people that were working with Matt Harvey and Qualcomm as he was uh, honoring them, 
And it was the first of a list of interviews he had to do that day. And we were the first call in for him. Oh, my God. And the last. Uh, Alex Cora had not yet received discipline from baseball because the league had not concluded its investigation into the allegations the Red Sox uh, illegally used live video feeds to decode signs in their World Series winning 2018 season. And and if anybody's going to hire him, is he is he got fired or he left the Red Sox? A mutual parting called a firing. Is is he going to be disciplined? Therefore, if you're going to hire him, it's like Antonio Brown waiting to be suspended by the NFL. If somebody's going to try to sign him. Yeah, McLevin. I'm looking at some of the quotes. There's the report says that Alex Cora was the mastermind of yeah. this entire thing. Why didn't they do the banging in Boston then? I'm curious. Like what that system didn't come over. They he changed his system. Yeah, it's interesting to me. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to ask him. I don't know if he's going to be willing to talk about it. I mean, do you think that, like stuff like this? Obviously, it has. There's all kind. Over the last ten years, there's been all forms of technology cheating that we just don't know about. I was always bothered by the center field camera, always, because it it did allow you that opportunity to you could do a close up. I mean, we see the center field camera, and it's a wide angle. You get to see. Behind the pitcher, a little bit of the infield. You get to see the stands. You can see the catcher. You can see everything there. I could zero in on the pitcher's glove. I could I could zero in on how he's holding the baseball. I could zero in on the catcher and get a close-up of what are those signals. And then all of a sudden, there's a correlation between what that means to the pitch that you just got. I can do that, and I can get it in there in real time. And yeah. But the center field camera was always, while I love looking at a game through it, it felt like that was a little bit more of an invasion. Yeah, McLovin. I was hearing that they study the pitchers really closely, uh, like video real slow-mo to tip pitches. Yeah. And it's perfectly legal. There's nothing wrong with that. You could study video pitchers all you want. Well, what you'll do is you'll get video from uh, from the hitter's perspective of a pitcher. And what they try to do is they want to see the release point. And they want to see if your fastball, curveball, changeup, if, if, if there's any variation there. That's what they're looking for. Uh, Johan Santana had the ability, when he was at his peak, he would throw his changeup and fastball, and you couldn't tell the release point. It wasn't any different. And that's what made him almost unhittable. He was spectacular. But because you couldn't tell the difference there. But that's what you're looking for in the video facing the pitcher. But if I can look and see your grip on a, on a baseball, unless you're changing it when you get into your windup, guys will guys used to position the ball in the glove. So it would be positioned so I could grab it, and it was going to be a fastball or a breaking ball. And now they get it, they position it, and then they will change it as they get ready for the windup. So even if you think I've, I'm going to be throwing that, I'm going to at least have you question whether I am or not. But guys would be every, every pitcher has had a tell, it feels like. And sometimes they find it out, and sometimes they don't. Or they find it out when it's too late. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Close-up shop, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow after this. Okay, so we all know how a VPN protects your privacy and security online, right? But I didn't know this until recently, and it's taken my TV watching game to the next level. You can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Over the weekend, I used ExpressVPN to binge Doctor Who on Netflix. It was so simple, I just... Fired up the ExpressVPN app, changed my location to UK, refreshed Netflix, and that's it. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You could choose from almost 100 different countries. Just think about all the Netflix libraries you could go through. 
But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There are hundreds of VPNs out there, but the reason I use ExpressVPN to watch shows is because it's ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag, and you can stream in HD no problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want on the go or on the big screen, wherever you are. If you visit our special link right now, expressvpn.com slash Patrick, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself at expressvpn.com slash Patrick. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and of course, supporting. And now back to the show. Stop letting fibroids and endometriosis take over. Right now, thousands of women who have visited the specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care are saying the same thing. I shouldn't have waited. Waiting to treat a GYN condition can prolong the symptoms and often make them worse. Fibroids will grow. Endometriosis will spread. Why are you waiting? The CIGC specialists use exclusive laparoscopic techniques to treat complex GYN conditions. You don't need to suffer from abnormal bleeding or pelvic pain. Book a consultation at Innovative GYN. Gyn.com or call 888-SURGERY. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. You can send us your Traeger Meat Friday songs, as we did last year. We had a lot of fun with this, with uh, March Madness, Meat Madness, and the Final Fork. Uh, Send those Traeger. What's the best way to send in the uh, Meat Friday songs? Is that uh, with the app there, Seton? I would um, flood Mario Miranda with uh, as many emails as possible. Oh, emails to Mario. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Because he's not busy enough. Uh, Just email him to the show, dp at danpatrick.com. Yeah, Mario's not that busy because we I think we've signed all the calendars. I think it's good. Or at least it was. <laughs> so I just mentioned that. And we'll get those calendars out hopefully by the end of the week, and we appreciate your patience. But we did tell you prior to the holidays, there was a cutoff date of being able to get those to you in time. We'll improve the system by next year. I hope. All right, uh, final results of the poll question, McLevin. Okay, uh, if you had a choice between eliminating field goals, the team would have to go for it or punt, or keeping the current system, 71% current system. All right, that's fine. Let me just throw it out there. It, it's fun to see a team like Tennessee or the Ravens going for it on fourth down. Uh, this day in sports history, Paul. Got a bunch of them. Uh, 1961, Mickey Mantle signed the contract, which made him the highest paid baseball player in the league at what for the 61 season. What made what price was Mickey Mantle? What was his salary for the 61 season made him the highest paid player in baseball? 100,000. 75 grand. Oh. 1981, Leon Spinks, the boxer was mugged. They even took his gold teeth. Yeah, yeah. the assailants. Yeah. Uh, wow. Now that's cold blood. 1988, the St. Louis Cardinals announced they'd be leaving and moving to Phoenix. 1993, Michael Jordan of the Bulls scored 64 points against the Magic. It was the second highest scoring game of his career. 
1995, Malcolm Glazer bought the Tampa Bay Bucks for $192 million. What a bargain. 2002, the baseball owners voted to approve the sale of the Red Sox for $660 million. That's this day in sports history. A lot of it. What is this day in history? Uh, this day is Do Nothing Day? National Do Nothing National Nothing Day. Nothing Day. And this writer out of uh, San Francisco in the 70s said he wanted a day where we don't observe, honor, celebrate, or talk about any specific activity or events. But don't we then still talk about the day that he doesn't want us to talk about? It seems hypocritical to announce a day to celebrate nothing. All right. Pete Rose uh, chimed in on the Astros cheating scandal. He said that he was wrong for gambling, but he didn't taint the game. Pete said, I bet on my own team to win. That's what I did in a nutshell. I was wrong, but I didn't taint the game. I didn't try to steal any games. I never voted against my team. I bet on my team every night because that's the confidence I had in my players, and I was wrong. But this situation is a little different. It's a lot different, actually, and I think that's why the commissioner came down so hard. Uh, Pete did taint the game. He certainly tainted uh, the Cincinnati Reds. And the rule doesn't differentiate who you, vo- who you uh, bet on. If, you, if, if Pete is betting on the Reds every single night, now you can manipulate your lineup where maybe you leave John Franco in there and you don't give him a day off because you have money on the, on the team. Or maybe you don't bet one night. Maybe the starter that you have is hurt and you don't bet on your team that night. You still, you can manipulate the lineup to help you if you're trying to bet on your team. I remember when Pete said that. I was uh, doing the show with Keith Oberman, and uh, this was at the Mothership, and Pete came on and he said, hey, I I bet on the Reds to win every night. Nobody had ever heard that before, and Pete said that he, he bet on the Reds to win. Whether that's the case or not, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I could probably find out because my bookie growing up took some of the bets from Pete's main bookie in Cincinnati, and he would, you know, I, and that's how I found out about that whole scandal is I asked my bookie, I said, is this true? And like, is, how much is Pete betting? And uh, my bookie said, he bets on every sport. He bets on everything. And... Uh, I, I don't know if he was betting against his own team. And, and as a player, I don't know what he was. I knew he was betting on games. He asked me in 1986 at Shea Stadium with Bob Costas there with me. At, we were on the uh, steps leading into the dugout with the Mets, Mets dugout. And he says, who do you guys like today? <laughs> and it took on a whole new meaning when it, you know, it, it came. By the way, that's what you do if you're a better. You go, hey, who you like? And then I always go, no, no. Because you're not going to give me any money if you win. You're going to blame me if you lose. Yeah, Paul. Betting on a single baseball team to win all 162 games, betting them to win 162, is about the dumbest kind of betting there is because there's very little upside and there's a little bit of downside. There's You can't make any real money doing that. It, it, his, his philosophy or his uh, claim doesn't match up experience better. Yeah. I have some doubts about that, that he was just – he bet on the Reds the whole time. Just, yeah. Uh, Fritzy, what did you learn today? You tried to watch some Net Sixers last night, just couldn't do it. You preferred yeah. checking out some college hoops. Yeah, I watched a lot of that. McLevin? I forgot the Giants had a backfield that was called Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, that's a great nickname there. Seton O'Connor. I'm not sure if anybody is really good in college basketball this that's, year, but Seton Hall is. That's, they, Seton Hall played well last night. Yes. They, they've done well the last five games. Beat Butler last night. Paulie? 
The writing staff of Snarky Sports Jeopardy, they're a bunch of, bunch of mean-spirited guys. What did, I, what did I learn, Todd? Sean O'Hara loves his kickers, but he wouldn't be opposed to getting rid of field goals altogether. What we learned, brought to you by LegalZoom. Make 2020 a year you will remember for the right reasons. Use LegalZoom to help you navigate the legal world. Go to LegalZoom.com today. Use the promo code Patrick in the box at checkout for special savings. That's LegalZoom.com, promo code Patrick. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Our pleasure to serve you. Hope you had a great time. Do it again. We'll do it again tomorrow. Trigger Meet Friday. For Seton, Paulie, Fritzy, McLovin, yours truly, this has been the Dan Patrick Show. What's happening, everybody? This is the official Lakers podcast. I'm your host, Mike Trudell. Super pumped to be here, flanked by Aaron Larsoul. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's, Let's get, get it. it. I think the Lakers will be a top 10 defense. Okay, now. you're calling your shot again. A team that has two stars or two superstars in this case, as LeBron and AD, can sometimes cancel each other out. But I think they're both good candidates for MVP. I really like the way that this team just feels to be around. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, it's a it's a very clear message. It's two stars and LeBron and AD, and it's everybody else that's on board. The relationship that is developing between those two, off the court and on the court, their cohesiveness on the court. I think in this case, this is a special case that the two of them will enhance each other as opposed to taking away from each other. Be sure to rate, subscribe, and leave a review. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Oh, t- Hey!